warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Hello, I'm Abby Marison. I am one of the education program managers for Festival Bridge, and I have 10 years under my belt as teaching uh, in a primary school. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm currently teaching Year 4 class in Milton Keynes, but I've worked in every key stage and key stage 2 downwards. And today we are exploring art learning outcomes with this week's Folktale from Taiwan. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for No Tigers on the Table. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the marvelous Mario Coelho, as well as a full audiobook for you to download at any time and even some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now though, let's continue our discussion with Abby and Rob here. We're going to be getting all creative today, um, or so I've been told. Rob, what uh, art do you have that you found in the story for ages 7 to 11? Yeah, uh, the image, one of the main images that struck me was about the table and the chairs and how they've got really long legs. Mm. Um, and it reminded me of a piece of art by Salvador Dali called The Elephants. Mm-hmm. And in this painting, the elephants have got really long, spindly legs. Yep. So um, the artwork that I would like to explore is what would other animals look like with really long, spindly legs? Or what would people look like with long, spindly ah. legs? It, it's not something you would... I mean, it's quite surreal. And mm. hence why Salvador Dali's done it. But... It's kind of pushed the children's imaginations, and we've talked so much about their imaginations already, but it's going to push their imaginations thinking, oh, what would a cat look like with enormous legs? Or what would a giraffe look like? Because that's got a really long neck as well. Mm. So just to, it would probably start off with uh, some sketches, and then you could add to it with your choice of media, be that colouring pencils or watercolours you could then uh, you could add in backgrounds you could put them in different kinds of places what yeah. would what would the Beatles look like not actual Beatles but the the, band. the musicians okay. <laughs> crossing Abbey Road but with long spindly legs mm-hmm. things like that so just a whole you've got a whole wide spectrum yeah. of ideas Definitely. and colours to go through and for anyone listening to this and thinking, what would be the point of that? It's, it's maybe also a good idea to point out, this is how humanity developed. One of the very first things humans ever did with this imagination that they were developing was they played around with their animal pictures. They didn't just put perfect representations of the animals up, but they swapped their heads around. So you had like a, a lion's head going on a fox's body and monkey heads going on human beings and, and things like that. So they were experimenting with how you could change the way things looked um, using this this amazing imagination that um, they were starting to develop. And that is how language then evolved and um, numeracy then evolved and uh, architecture and agriculture and, and everything really started with 
playing around with how animals could look. So you could really be helping your children to develop in a, probably the most tried and tested way we've got. You know, you've got 40,000 years worth of evidence that this is a great thing to be doing in your classroom. That's me. That's um, I'm <laughs> okay. ar- arted out. Arted out. Yeah. Let's go down the school then to ages four to seven. Yep, to Abby's art. Okay, so when I'm thinking about art activities, and particularly with with these suggestions, I always caveat it with I am aware of the importance of moving away from art just becoming the, a creative output that is linked to a topic that you're doing and really thinking about the skills and the progression, you know, and mm. the best place to go to for that is to talk to an artist or have an artist in residence. It's, it's really, really, especially with the younger years, far too simplistic. If you're not an art specialist, which I wasn't just for something that is creative to feel like it's come under your art timetable. So I'll caveat that yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Um, however, saying that I had some lovely ideas of things that you could do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them I thought is your role play, making a really immersive role play. And I think the best practice for creating your role play area is getting the children to design it with you. I used to have lots of fun with this. So I've got ideas of a beautiful carpenter's workshop as your role play area. So um, I want the, the young people that I'm working with to help me create this. So I want them to make the signs that say, do not disturb because he's an angry man. He doesn't want anyone to come into his workshop. And yeah. um, I want them to help make the red boats and the white chairs and the blue beds that are going to be on the workshop table. And I want them to label different colored things with words like crimson and magenta. And they have to work out, is it red? Is it yellow? I don't know because I don't know those words yet. And they have to experiment some of those things. And as the actual art skill and output that they will be doing as, as part of a guided session while the other young people perhaps are helping create the role play area will be what you're often doing in, in um, early years and key stage one is that skill of colour mixing. So it's um, it's being able to to look at the range of one primary. So they learn what the primary colours are and then know, OK, yes, you've got yellow, but there are different shades within yellow. So how do you make it darker? How do you make it lighter? And maybe just making um, either for themselves in their own sketchbooks, you know, a range of a whole page of yellow, but completely different ranges. And you could bring in um, some of the tester palette things that you get those lovely dulux there are Mm. other brands available but um (laughs) those really nice paint samples that you get if you're decorating so that you've got you know so that they can learn there are there's just such a world of color and there's just so many ranges within them and i think i've got these visions of this very perhaps a rainbow spectrum in this role play area that the the young people have actually decorated it with their own color swatches and with their Mm. own junk modeling and and whatever else they've done so uh, that's where i see it with the the very youngest children beautiful and i suppose once you've um designed your carpentry area you can then use it right absolutely and there'll be there'll be that role play of you know the the grandson with his cheeky grin and the granddaughter crying in the corner because she's always <laughs> crying and something's always gone wrong and uh mr chen with his grumpy eyebrows and I, I'd, I'd like to have some huge fabric stick on eyebrows for uh, for that particular character. Yeah. And and having the teacher enroll, acting that out with them, because that's how you get the best role play, the best language, the best understanding for writing. If you understand yeah. that, then when you get to when Rob was talking about the, the retelling of the story and those, you, you know how to do that because you've you've done it 
you've you've acted the words out you mm. it's all of those foundations for being really creative and really good writers because you you understand what that embodies definitely and again going back 40,000 years that's <laughs> probably how it happened <laughs> yeah, all of those uh, temples that they were building they were just great big role playing areas <laughs> <laughs> That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the village of Sinkang will help us teach design and technology. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon.